Hi, everybody, and thank you very much for tuning in to this week's edition of Telich Talks. Our guest this week is Chet Mason, Chet the Jet Mason. He's a hoops coach for boys basketball at Brush High School in suburban Cleveland. He's the former Mr. Basketball in the state of Ohio. That was from South High School, one of the Cleveland public schools back in the year 2000. And that year, a freshman finished back in the voting for Mr. Basketball, a freshman from Akron, St. Vincent, St. Mary High School by the name of LeBron James. LeBron, by the way, won the next three years as a sophomore, junior, and senior. Mason starred at Miami of Ohio, and then he played 11 years of professional basketball and most of it overseas with quite a few stories about the experience in places like Turkey and Bosnia and other places around the globe. He is now coaching a senior star basketball player at Brush High School by the name of John Hewley. Local folks know him very well and I think most of the people that follow high school basketball around the country do as well because he's one of the top 100 prospects in the country. He committed to the University of Pittsburgh. So we also talked to Chet about the experience for him when he was leaving South High School and heading to Miami of Ohio back in the year 2000 versus how it is today with so much social media and what kind of advice he had for John as John made his commitment prior to his senior year at Brush. Great chance to talk to Chet, great guy. I hope you enjoy it. Chet Mason on this week's Tellich Talks. Welcome to Chet Mason, Brush Arcs, basketball coach, leader of young athletes and young people, and former Mr. Basketball. Yes, year 2000. Year 2000. Was that not the year before LeBron went on his first of his three in a row? Yep. So I actually, when I won the award, um, well, actually, me and Tony Stockman shared it. So okay. Tony Stockman from Medina, that he was a really good player. Um, LeBron was a freshman. He finished behind us, too. And then he went on to win the Sophomore, next three. Sophomore, junior, and senior. senior. Yep. What was the notoriety that you received back then for that? Mm -hmm. And then the whole recruiting process for you coming out of South High School? Because I want to compare it to what you just recently did with John Hewley here right. at Brush High. Um, it was amazing because the Mr. Basketball Award is the top award given to the, the player that um, – they had the best season, I believe, mm -hmm. and the AP AP vote for it. Um, in Cleveland, no one ever won an award coming from the Cleveland Public School. You were the first kid. I was, I was the first one. Yeah, and so it was kind of like a shock for me because I didn't. <laughs> I mean, I, I I believed I was one of the better players, just me with my confidence, but I didn't know because you had so many greats that come before me with Ruben Patterson. Um, Charles Oakley, Ruben those Patterson, guys. John Hay, no? John Hay, yep. yep. Charles Oakley, John Hay, John them Hay. guys didn't didn't win no war, so it was like, you know, maybe the Cleveland Public Schools, you know, guys didn't get the votes. But when I won it, it was, it was a shock, but I do believe I earned it. Yeah. And what was the notoriety for you at that time as far as the recruiting process? Mm -hmm. You ended up at Miami of Ohio, which we'll get into, but right. how was that just that whole – were, were people beating down the doors, or were, was it more of a subdued kind of a reaction? Um, yeah, coaches was coming in. So I had a lot of coaches, the mid-major coaches coming in to um, 
to watch me, especially after I won that award. Okay. You know, during that summer. Um, well, no, no, no. Let me reverse back. I won the award after I committed. Okay. To Miami. Okay. So, so you yeah. quit, committed to Miami, and then the yeah, award came. During the came. season, I, I committed to Miami during that summer. Okay. Prior to my senior year, and then I went on and to win an award, which, um, like we gonna get back in to talk about John Hughley. Yeah. That was some of the advice I gave him. You know, you do it now so you can re- focus on grades and basketball. You okay. won't have to worry about the recruiting process. How stressful was the recruiting process for you prior to you committing that senior year versus what do you think the recruiting process was for John recently? Um, it was it was very stressful for me because, like I said, coming from the inner city of Cleveland, Cleveland public school district school, um, the exposure wasn't like how these kids have it now. You know, coaches didn't come to our gyms as much as they do now these days. Um, you didn't have social media. You didn't right. have the mixtapes. You didn't have. I can just go on and on about you know the differences between before when I was playing and now. Um, so the pressure was on. I didn't know you know I didn't know which college which college was I was going to go to. We didn't have like guys who was went to school the year before us in the program. So they you know if, if you I were did, the trailblazer kind of you was the trailblazer yeah, right. So you just didn't know. So it was it was it was it was kind of. Some of the, a lot of us got frustrated because you, I just didn't know. I mean, I, sure. I I didn't know that when a coach came in, he said he liked me. That was an offer. Like back then, we didn't we didn't know that stuff. So you just didn't know the language. You, you didn't, didn't know. know yep. And then so how? Obviously, you've been a coach for many years now. Mm-hmm. How did you aid John in knowing all the the you know the intricacies of when people are coming at you, what they really mean and don't mean? Right. Um, I think it was a blessing that I I went through that path to be able to teach our athletes now, and like we didn't had a couple before John yeah. get uh, full ride scholarships, but with John in particular case, um, being a top 100 ranked player in the country is like a lot comes with that, and I mean a lot of coaches and a lot of media and a lot of just different other stuff mm-hmm. that you got to try to keep him on track with because again he's still a 17 year old kid, you know so. Um, I was able to give my experiences, to tell him my experiences to help out his process. Okay. And it was it made it for more of a comfortable experience for him. Right. But did you see any pitfalls along the way as he was going through his process? I mean, yeah. I what definitely were did. some of um, Some, well, people don't know that when John went on his first official visit, he committed to the school. Okay. Not knowing that every school, every official visit was going to be the same. And that's something I missed on telling him okay. until he went to this first one and then he called and said, hey, man, this is where I'm going. I said, John, no, I understand off. that. <laughs> I'm not, yeah, see, his, during his process, I never told him, I never told him not one time where to go. Yeah, you never steered him. No, never. I just said, when you decide where you want to go, you make it clearly, you know why you want to go there. Mm-hmm. So when you tell me you want to go somewhere, give me five reasons why you want to go there, and, and it makes sense. Then I'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, you you know you did your homework, you know you know you really know what you want to do. John went and was blinded by because on official visits, you know, you get they get to pay for all your food and they take you to the football game and they appointed people on campus. You can be walking down to the math sec- section of the um, <laughs> campus and people be like, hey, that's John Hughley, like. They already set that up, so make you feel love and make you think everybody know you. And I forgot to give him that piece. So when he went on his first one, he called me like, "Hey, this is where I'm going." I'm like, John, 
stop, breathe, let's talk. And then once we talked, he was like, you know what? You're right. And and so now, you know, we get on to the, the rest of this, keep recruiting. Definitely. Now, in your whole process um, as a coach, mm-hmm. did you have any instances where people came at you and you could tell they were somewhat disingenuous because yes. they wanted you to really do things to steer right. uh, to steer John in a certain way? And I can say, you know, Max Stevens over at Cleveland Heights right. has told me stories of Tyreek Smith and right. how colleges down south wanted to pay him money mm-hmm. to get Tyreek to go to their camp or right. whatever it might be. Right. Any of that type of stuff come? Yes, from? a lot of that. I mean, it's just, um, we'll be here all day talking about the stories. But, yeah, sure. they guys come in, they try to build relationships with me or somebody on my staff just to try to get the edge and get in yeah. closer to John. In. Sure. Um, I, I had a coach tell me, you know, hey, man, me and you supposed to be close. I can't get this kid on an official visit. I'm like, hold on. First of all, if me and you are close, that don't have nothing to do with right. the player. Like, me and you close. You know, I can't force a kid or a family to do nothing that they don't want to do. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I had an instance in um, a situation happened there. Um, the past stuff, not I mean, I mean, I never got into it to that point with nobody. I don't. Like saying all that crazy stuff, because just because what's going on in college basketball is is yeah. real. So I think a lot of guys stay away from that. But yeah, I mean, like I said, being like I done had guys before John yep. go on and sign um, letters of intent. But John, he is the first that I ever had being a top 100 ranked kid in the country. Where, and that stuff. and that brings a lot, like you said, it brings. And now that the agents are allowed to come into and work with the high school kids now, it's kind of even crazier. Yeah, that whole uh, rural change, and I know yeah. the whole Rich Paul thing that they, they kind of backed off on um, mm-hmm. a few weeks back. I can only imagine what it would have been like for LeBron. Everybody oh, knew wow. yeah, it would have been. that he was not going to college. Right. Everybody, and, and now in retrospect, LeBron says, OSU all the way, da-da-da-da-da, or even Akron Zips. But it would have been insane to be whoever was around uh, LeBron back then to be that person like you are for John or the other brush arcs to run interference for all these people. It would have been absolutely insane. And and, and for his sake, I'm glad he went straight to the pros because we all know he was good enough and and, and the rest, as they say, is history. All right, let's go back to my, you go to Miami. Yes. And how was it playing there? Uh, you had a great career there, mm-hmm. and then how did that set you up for your next your next level? Um, well, next going, step. going to Miami. Um, first of all, it taught it taught me how important education was. So when I went there, I mean, again, I'm coming from the inner city, and you know, you don't have a lot, and you had whatever you got, you had to work hard for, and then you go to a campus like Miami and Oxford, sure. it's like, you know, kids are rich and, you know, they have and cars and this and that. So, you know, you get there and it's like, wow, it's an eye-opening experience. And it taught me how to, well, the coach, let's go back, the coach that I had was awesome. Charlie Coles. Yeah, Lord he, rest a legend, soul. legend. Um, coach Coles, his piece is what I'm teaching kids. What I, what I teach now is, 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 is bigger than basketball. Yes. It's about turning boys into men. Yep. So Charlie Coles turned me, helped me turn me into a man, which 
I will never forget because I could have went to Cincinnati. I could have went to these other schools. And not talking bad about none of the coaches I, there, I but totally I, don't, get where you're I don't know if I would have turned into the man that I am today if I wasn't under the um, tutelage of, of Charlie Coles. Well, what were some of his teachings? What, what you know, can you recall, not just, specifically words or just how he approached you and mm-hmm. how he dealt with you? He, he taught me how to be accountable. Okay. He taught me to say, Chad, this is not high school. This is not Cleveland. You're not the star. You're not. You got to be accountable for every action and reaction that you have. Like, you got to be accountable. He taught me how to be respectful. And the, and the most important thing to me, he taught, just to me, not just his opinion, and it's the number one thing with me that I look at is having a high character because no matter what you do in life, um, if if you're if you're if you're not looked at as having a good character, people ain't gonna want to deal with you. Right. And so when I'm blessed enough to get USA Basketball or um, being close with Kobe Altman or Chris Grant or or David Griffin, I can pick up the phone and call those guys. It's not because Chet Mason, a basketball player. Gotcha. It's because of Chet Mason, a player. I mean, a person. And that's what I try to teach the kids that's under me now. And that's something that Coach Coles taught me, and I think that helped me and still helping me throughout my life. Did he instill in you, because you're a young man of color? Yes. And here we are in the year 2000, 19 years ago. Right. You don't have to be as good as the other guys. You literally have to be better than them in yes. some ways to be on equal footing, if that makes sense. And and that's – he didn't say it like that, of course, but – You kind of got true. that. Because Charlie – Coach Coles was African-American, mm-hmm. and he – Coach Coles lived through a lot in his lifetime. He just seen a lot in his lifetime. So getting these young African-American men, especially from the inner city of Cleveland, like I was – I went wild. It was just like, you know, I didn't know a lot. Right. I was smart. I had a lot of common sense, but I didn't know a lot when it comes to, I mean, why are we doing this to be the domino effect for kids? Not right behind me, but 20 years later, if you get what I'm saying. Like, yep. I got to be the, the, the domino for kids that's graduated out of college now. Right. And now I get it. It's, it the division is, is clear. And, um, being an African-American young male. And so my teachings is exactly what Coach Coles taught me and to help all me, all males. Like, you know, I don't, you know. Right, yeah. I, I don't work with, I work with the all The kids types. you work with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it's, it was very important on him um, teaching me that. And so when I look at a college coach, and especially guys who, um, the kids that I, invested in and sold season and who goes on and be blessed enough to receive a scholarship sure. I look at what can he give him to give the kids behind him 20 years later gotcha. so my nephew is Andre Harris who's at Wright State right now he was here last year he's on a full ride and again it's not a black or white thing coach Nagy is white he's at Wright State great coach but first of all he's a great man so when I had met him and we talked and I looked at his situation I'm like this is somebody who can give Andre something to help himself, but not just him, but the kids that's going to be behind him 10, 15 years from now. Gotcha. You know, and so that's how I, I like I don't say I pick the coaches for them, but I'm more comfortable when they pick, choose to go to schools like that, like John going to Pittsburgh. Coach Capel is great. He's not just a coach. He's a great 
person. He's a great dad. He's a great, and this is stuff that John need to see because at the end of the day, John is going to be a dad or yeah. end up like and, that. And in 20 years, someone else is going to be talking to John maybe <laughs> right. about what the experience was like when he left Brush High School, right. Right. where he went with his life, his right. pro career, no pro career. We right. don't know. I have no uh, no uh, crystal ball here. Right. Right. But how his life turned out or is turning out because of the lessons he learned from Chet, who learned him from Charlie Cole, yeah. who learned him from and, whomever and, back in the day. And so... I didn't understand it at first. I was a freshman, yeah. and I was, you know, hard-headed. But when Coach Cole said the domino effect, now it's, like I said, it's, it's clear. It's, I mean, I understand it now because it is a domino effect. It sure is. You know? How do you uh, work with kids today in this instant gratification society when mm-hmm. it, there is all the social media out right. there and all those tapes all those tapes or all those highlights on, you know, we see Bronny, right, right. Uh, James, his first dunk, and, right, you know, right, all right. of these things. Right. It's there for us to see. Right. How do you keep these kids' heads on their shoulders? It's hard, but you got to understand as a coach, as a mentor, as a, you know, big brother figure or some some that male figure it's not going nowhere so you gotta and i know a lot of older coaches they try not to deal with it at all but you have to because it's not going it's going to be there yeah. it's only going to get it's only going to keep coming i mean it's, it's going to be something new it's going to be a new app it's going to be a new snapchat it's going to be a new instagram so i mean it's just something that you have to deal with it's something that um you go learn it and then you tweak it until however you feel you need to tweak it to, to get to, through to your student athletes. Sure. And so that's that's what I had to do. Again, like I said, we didn't have that stuff. We had no. uh, the tapes. That was it. Like yeah. you get a big old tape for the VCR, and you if you wanted to send it to a college coach, you you, you wrap it up and you mail it. Okay. Now these kids can press one button and send a mixtape to a, a thousand college coaches. So we didn't have that. So again, the the student athlete is different. And, and you said, how do we? I try to um, reel them in. I just, I just keep it real with them and tell them, look, this is what happened for me. I only can speak from my experiences. That's it. I can't tell you how LeBron did it. I can't tell you how um, Kobe did it. I can tell you how Chad Mason did it, and it helped me and it worked for me. So let me teach you how. Let me tell you what, how it worked for me. And if you, if you choose to take some of these bits and pieces on how it worked for me, I think mm-hmm. it will help you. And, Okay, we're going to hop back and forth from present to the back and probably okay. back to the present again. Let's go back to you you get out of Miami. Right. You have you have feelings that you can play in the NBA. Right. Didn't really work out in that respect. Right. But you had a very strong long career playing overseas. Yes. How did the experience at Miami help you when you were playing in Bosnia or playing in Russia and all those places? It again, coming from Miami, I left there at, I went there as a young boy, I left as a man. So now, and what I tell kids is because everybody's going to the NBA, and then when you hear this, or NFL, and then when you say, well, what about you don't? They say, well, I go overseas. It's it's not that easy. Like, if you learn, if you go through college and you go through four years and you become a a man, then yeah, it's easier because you're able to um, handle yourself over there. And what I mean handle, like, you're there literally alone. Yeah. You know, you're in a whole different country. 7,000 miles away, you're, you're far away and you're alone. You gotta, ain't nobody telling you how to get up. Ain't nobody telling you what you're gonna eat that day. You know, you gotta make these choices and these decisions. And a kid who 
just say he go out of high school, not go out of high school, go to college one year, and he say I'm gonna want it done and leave and yep. don't get drafted, and now he tell me I'm going overseas. Well, that's still hard because you're still immature. He's probably not equipped he's, emotionally, and he's not ready. Yeah. And some guys have made it, leaving school early and going over there and um, at a young age, but I guarantee the numbers, the percentages. Um, don't say like if you go over there one year, then it, they tend not, they don't tend to work out. Was there a case when you were there for a couple of years that you thought that maybe you were forgotten my over first, here? Yeah, my first year. So um, I think it was 2006. I was trying to I graduated 05, so that year, that next um, mm-hmm. season I um, did the training camps. I what all I do? I can't even remember that something long ago. <laughs> I know I did a training camp and then I ended up uh, messing with the de- development league. That was the NBA D league because I was still chasing a dream. Sure. Um, then the next year I came back. I did the D league and then left and went overseas. Then I came back. I think it was 08 and that's when I got the invite to the Cavaliers yeah. training camp. I went there, did pretty good, but. Numbers game, you know, Eric Snow was there. Sure. He was hurt, but um, he wasn't going to waive his money, so he stayed on the roster and they had to let let the guys go. Um, and then from then on, I just went overseas. So, but my first year, just being a professional period, like having to go and live in L.A. and um, be on my own, no, no, my mother not around. I mean, I got to do for myself. It, it was it was hard, and I still was in the states. Okay. So what I'm telling kids is now, like you think you can go across seas where you can't just get up and think you're gonna go home and run home and run back. It don't work like that. Right. You know it's tough, and so I mean that's just like I said. I I I love to teach off my experiences. Like I don't just be like, hey, this 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 will work for you. This no, I just go off everything that I experience. I use that to teach our young athletes this day. So how was it, let's just take one or two years specifically, how did you deal with, you know, being alone for the most part, mm-hmm. uh, the cultural difference, just the grind of playing on that level, and then, again, getting back to wondering if anybody even knows you're you're still in the game? Um, it was hard. So the first year I played, my first year going overseas, I played in Turkey. In and Turkey. I played for a really good team, uh, Fenerbahce. And their basketball is totally different from here. The practice, the professional basketball, man. They're practicing twice a day over there. And it's like twice a day, you know, and it's tough practices. Sure. They're, they're, um, the way they play basketball is different. So here is more entertainment, but not taking away NBA is the best league in the world yeah. and they got the best players in the world. But over there is more structural um, based upon winning every single thing. It's not, you know, the NBA is more, how can I say this? I ain't gonna say that. The NBA is, is the best league, yep. and the guys really play at a different level during playoff time than they do in the regular season. It's a grind. You it's know? a grind. It's definitely a grind. Yeah, it's a grind. Over there, every single game, every single tournament, whatever you in, is this is it, all or nothing. So the interest, the fan level is is what you might see at a soccer match, you know, where the oh, two sides man. are going at each yes, other and, yes, and then exactly. the, the, the flag waving and the exactly. screaming and the chants. It's, and the, 
it's it's just a different the emotions. Right, it's just a different sports world over there. It's kind of crazy because you can go to an NBA game right. here, and half the people could care less. They care less. They're just there, just to be there. Say they went to the game tonight. There, overseas, the is the stories over there is amazing. I mean, unreal. Were you harassed? Were you? Of course. Yeah, because yeah. you were the star of the team. Yeah. And the guy that was. You was you, the, know, you was the Ameri- you was the American. You, you were the, the American. Yeah. They all, each team had an American or two, right, one right. or two. One or two. And so you were a target pretty much you, all the time. You were the target. How'd yes. you deal with it? Um, going back to college, being taught how to be a man, and and being taught how to have integrity, high character, and those different values, I think helped me a lot, a lot when, you know, over there you were called different things and people throwing stuff at you and. What they throw at you? Coins, okay. whatever they, whatever they, whatever I, they had. I have access to. Sometimes. You had stuff on the court Rocks. all the time. You're yeah. kicking things away yep. from the court. Yep. And we were protected. Okay. Now, I'm not saying it's like that. You are protected over there, and um, you get some people that you know able to throw a, like. Let me tell you that my first game over there. Okay. So we're playing. This is in Turkey. Yeah. This is in Turkey. I don't know. I'm not familiar with how overseas stuff go. Well, we're playing the game. Coach checked me in. I'm coming off the bench. I sell me in. Playing defense. So I'm playing defense, sliding between the guy and an M1000 land right in between both of us. <laughs> I turn. I look. I turn and start running. And he just had the ball. And he turned his back like this. And it went off. Boom. Really? So I'm down. I'm gone. He, you saw he, it, you you bowled I, it. I, I saw it out because I'm not familiar with this. The other guy I was checking was American also. So he turns away from it so it won't pop in his face. Boom, it go off and he turn and then he shoot the three and make it. The coach subbed me out. I was like, Mason, never. You play defense, defense. I said, Coach, a bomb. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's an N1000. I know what that is. No, no. It's not going to hurt you. Play defense. I'm like, Wow. You're supposed to be, you're supposed to worry about bombs while so, you're covering a guy. So after that, I knew like it was it, over there was really really it was different. It was different. But I'm not taking away it was fun. Like any professional athlete would love to be in that type of environment, safe environment, playing for because them people are diehard. So you're playing for if you're playing in Bosnia and you're playing against a. Uh, um, Serbian team, you're playing for that country. Yeah. And it's amazing. Like they, they, they die hard. They willing. To, they going crazy. They, like it's unbelievable. So it's fun. It's definitely fun. It just got it. It's safe. I mean, everything got to be safe. But did you find that some people couldn't uh, detach the fact that you are not from that country, but but you're with that team, so you don't really have a vested interest per right. se that right, a right, kid right, who was right. grown. Right. Born and raised in Bosnia, and right. had bombs going right, right, off right, around right, him right, as right, a right. kid. All they right. li- all they knew. That's all they knew. Yeah, and I mean, you're right. They didn't, they didn't, they looked at me as one, um, just a team. Like, hey, he's there, he's there. We, I knew I was going over there because it's work. Yeah, I'm going over there to get paid to take care of the family. But they didn't. You on the team, you on the team. So they gonna not like you, just like they don't like the country, basically. Okay. So you play over there about nine years, uh, various teams, various... Eleven, I think. Eleven, it's 11, 11 years. Yep. That's a long career overseas, mm-hmm. and you reach that point where you say, no longer going to lace up the sneakers. Right. What am I going to do? Did you know at that point you were going to coach, you are going to impact I, lives? Right. Or, I did not. So 
I knew I was going to do something impacting lives because before that, ever since I, I turned pro from 2006 on, I always did free camps in, in, in Cleveland, um, mentoring groups, um, Feed the Hunger program. So I knew I wanted to help impact lives. I didn't know exactly how. Coaching was like at the far, far back of my mind. I didn't even, it wasn't even one of the close things that I was actually thinking like, which is kind of a catch one too because I, I was thinking about going into the NBA mm-hmm. and doing player development, which the catch twenty two is that's coaching. So it was I never looked at me being sitting on the bench and being like the head coach of a high school. I got you. Right. So in some way, and we're kind of fast forwarding to where you are today, head mm-hmm. coach here at Brush, mm-hmm. um, one of the top teams in the area all these years, mm-hmm. and also your involvement along with Coach Flan. Right. over at uh, St. Edwards with the USA. USA How has that been for you? And you recently were at, right. you were, you were, what was that experience like? Oh, it's unbelievable. Um, so Flan been there for 15 years. I don't, maybe more, I, I forgot exactly how long. This actually was my first. My prior camps was all the Nike camps, the big Nike camps. So I was doing them. Yeah. And so when they, they seen me at a Nike camp and they was like, oh, wow, he's good. You know, I, I guess this is what they said. So they sent me an invite like, they send me an invite and you they only invite 18 coaches in America. Like, wow, I'm like, I'm still in all like I'm one of those guys that get the invite. That's amazing. That's cool. Because everybody who really um do high school coaching, I mean, that's like a dream for them to get to the, the USA level. Um, so I get down there and flying flying before I went down there, you already told me, Chad, I got you, I'm gonna take care of you. He a veteran, you know, he one of the lead coaches there. And that he did. He took care of me, made sure I knew everything, what was going on, if I needed something. Like, and it was amazing. I mean, it was just a blessing to have another guy from Cleveland down there that knows what's going on to help you out. Because it made me, it made it easier on the, the transition for me um, coming from going doing regular big camps like yeah. next step to going to the standard. And the standard is USA Basketball. So. And you saw a different breed of uh, basketball player, didn't you? I mean, in terms of how they are in a program and right. for one goal. Right. And it, and it's amazing because a lot of those guys I have worked with throughout the Nike stuff. So the, in the um, Nike Elite 100 and the Nike Skills Academy where the best talent, um, high school talent comes in, they perform in front of all the general managers. But USA Basketball is different. It's like you said, it's one. It's team oriented. It's not just no camp. So you're actually doing there, and you're and it's a lot of teaching. It's a lot of um, st- stuff being taught other than basketball. That, that's there. like it's it's just so much. Like I say, it was a, a mind blowing experience, and um, it's just a blessing to be involved in and definitely involved in that program. And there's so much great talent that comes out of that. Uh, yes. th- that that type of a camp, right? And we'll see those guys in the NBA. We'll yeah, see them definitely wherever you know wherever their their career is taken. We'll see them in the Olympics. Right. Gosh, no, right. in all different ways. Right. And that's kind of a cool thing that you and Flan right. have that relationship because people that are listening to this might not know if you don't are familiar not that familiar with Cleveland. You know, right. Rush High School, St. Edwards, right. two of the top programs. So you faced each other. We played each other. You know, yeah, you know so. we played each other a couple times. Yep. I think you're what one and one. One and one. Yeah. So you know, you guys know each other from mm-hmm. across the side line from across right. the court right. and now you're working together with that one common goal that com- you know yeah. usa basketball that, right. Right. that's kind of a cool thing it's, it's definitely cool like i said in my i mean i didn't i you dream of 
let me say, I drunk, I I had dreams of playing in the NBA and playing in the Olympics when I was younger. I wanted to be an NBA player and I wanted to be an Olympics because Michael Jordan was an Olympic player and I seen it and like it was just like that's what I want to do. Fast forward, you know, life is different. Life go up and down, is you know, twists and turns. Right. So you play, you don't play in the NBA. I mean, I get a shot. You don't play in there, but I still play basketball, professional basketball. You go on, you don't coach in the NBA or, you know, or, or um, again, playing in me, but you don't, I get the opportunity to work with USA Basketball. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't play in the Olympics. I didn't play for USA Basketball, but I get the opportunity to work under under the program. It's like amazing. Like, this is a book that I'm thinking about start working on. You know, it's It's definitely amazing. It's cool. Well, it's great that you've had the the opportunity to see it from so many as a kid growing up in the city of Cleveland, right. going to an outstanding school in Miami of Ohio, right. being one of the best players the Max ever had, mm-hmm. go play professionally overseas and then be back here. Right. And those next great young players right. uh, will be those that you've had some kind of a kind of an impact. Right. Uh, right. What do you like? Ten years from now, where do you see yourself? Um, ten years from now. Five, don't, ten, whatever. Don't tell my superintendent, cause she, <laughs> if she's still here, she want me here with her. Um, but I do, I definitely see myself somewhere in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's gonna be ten. I don't know if it's two, three, four, five. I just don't know. But right. Um, the relationships that I have, again, it all goes on character. People, um, the guys that I have good relationships, relationships with, trust me and respect me as the person, Chad Mason, not the basketball player. And I'm. I got really good relationships with guys who's in power right now to be able, if something opened up, they can call and say, Chet, I got an opportunity for you. But you, you obviously you love doing what you're doing. I love it. I, I mean, I wouldn't trade it. Again, I, my dream wasn't not to coach high school basketball, but the Lord, he, what, it, what he has for you, he has for you. So I'm glad that I was able to come across these tracks and, 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 um, and at that point, at this point in my life, and be able to work with young, young adults. It's a good way to end this interview. Great stuff, buddy. (laughs) No, thank you. Thanks, man. No, thanks. Hey, appreciate you anytime you want me on. This is great. Um, And you've been around for, you've seen me. uh, I mean, I just, all the support, I really appreciate it. Um, Definitely when you come out to the games and just different things. People don't understand how much the small things go so far with a person. It's just, it's unbelievable. Appreciate you, bud. Thanks a lot. Thanks once again to Chet Mason for the great conversation. Best of wishes to those ARCs as they start their high school basketball season in the near future. And if you like this interview, please subscribe on any of the many platforms that you can get podcasts. Subscribe, rate us five stars, and please leave a review if possible. That helps more and more people get the opportunity to listen to a podcast like this. And thanks very much to you for listening. We appreciate any kind of feedback that you have, and we look forward to the next time that we chat with you on Tellich Talks.